I just love the fact that we're talking about running uh, in this beautiful summer, and uh, I hope you're following along and enjoying it. It's been really fun to talk about some of the, the old favorite stories of the Bible when, you know, David is running out to meet Goliath. If you are a guest today at Timberline, we're in this summer series called Run, where all these different places in the Bible where it says someone is running for whatever reason. And uh, last week we looked at uh, Joseph running from Potiphar's wife. How many of you have been running from Potiphar's wife this week? I hope all of you. Uh, We don't want to have anything to do with her. But this week we have a a wonderful story. It's not as well known. But if you grew up in church, you at least have heard the story about a young man by the name of Samuel. He's just a boy, really. But he's going to hear the voice of God. And I've called this Run to the Right Voice. Run to the Right Voice. How many of you ever had your mom or dad call you by name somewhere else in the house and said, get in here? And you could tell by the tone you didn't want to go, but you had to, right? It's amazing how many voices a human being is capable of discerning. And knowing who it is. Someone might have not talked to you in a long time, but when they call you and you hear their voice, you know who it is. Because we all have a very unique voice. Matter of fact, there's a show on TV called The Voice. How many of you have seen it? And basically, in a nutshell, it's just the singer is singing and the judges are not looking at the singer. They've never seen the person. Their backs are to them and they hit a button if they would like to coach them based only on their voice, not their appearance, what they look like, how they're dressed, but just only on their voice. And I I started thinking about the power of just a voice and hearing. I was in a store here a couple weeks ago, and we, you know, knowing this message was coming up, I was in this aisle, and one of the clerks was helping me find something that was a little bit unique I was looking for. And so we were talking, and (laughs) randomly, out of the blue, this head just... Like about where this thing is, this head just popped around the aisle like this. And I didn't recognize the person, but it was very obvious. And I, I just said, hi. <laughs> and they came around and said, hi. And they put their hand out and they said, are you Pastor Derry? And I said, yes, I am. And they said, man, this was so weird because I knew from the other aisle that I knew that voice from somewhere. But I couldn't think where it was. And I said, That's because you don't come to church enough. (laughs) Our minds comprehend those tones that come out of our vocal cords, which is very, very complex. Just do a little research on vocal cords and everyone who has unique sound and why that happens. God has made us in a unique way. But I just want to propose, I just want to throw this out there, that we all hear voices. You all have voices in your head. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, what, which voices you choose to listen to really matter. That's why this is important that, that you run to the right voice and you absolutely get rid of the bad voices. And we're going to talk about both today. Now, what I would like to do is I would like to spend probably the first 10 or 12 minutes going through these five things in your program on the back page. So turn it over, follow along. And then 
I'm going to use this board and we're going to write down some other things about the voices that I really want to talk about in a practical way uh, in our culture today. So I'm not trying to do an expository message on the story of Samuel and Eli because we would need to get into the tabernacle, the history of Israel, how they ended up here. There'd be all kinds of things we would do and I'm not going to do that. I'm just using this story as a springboard for helping us run to the right voice when God is trying to talk to us. So number one in your outline is simply this, identify the voice. Identify the voice. If you don't recognize the voice, you get a phone call and they call you by name, hi, you know, blah, blah, blah. you might say, who is this? Oh, this is sales. <laughs> they don't say that. They make it sound like they know you personally. How many of you have been tricked by that a few times? It's like, whoa, I don't know you. Identify the voice. So what's happening in the story I'll read it in a minute, but just to kind of do a nutshell is God is talking to Samuel. Samuel is just a boy. He's in the temple with Eli, who is the prophet. He's kind of the leader of the, the church. And Eli's getting older, and the mantle of God is coming on to Samuel. Eli has been very disrespectful to God in many ways by not correcting his sons. His sons were wicked. They were evil. They were blaspheming to God. They mocked God, and Eli, didn't. he never corrected them. And God is mad. God is frustrated. And he's going to show up and talk to Samuel about it. And Samuel's going to have the hand of the Lord on his life. But it's in the night, and Samuel hears his name being called. He doesn't know who it is because he doesn't know the voice of God. Samuel chapter 3, 1 Samuel 3, says this, verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. That's important here. One night, Eli, was almost, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Anybody ever have a dream where someone calls your name or you wake up and you think there's someone in the house? Or, you know, that's what's happening here. Samuel, he knows he hears a voice, and, and he does. He just doesn't know who it is. How frustrating. He jumps up. Eli's the only other person around. So he goes into Eli's room. Yes, what did you want? It wasn't me. I didn't call you. Samuel did not know the voice of God. He had never heard the voice of God before. Sometimes we have a hard time recognizing the voice of God from all the other voices going on in our life. And it's important that we identify the right voice and that we learn to appreciate and know the voice of God when he's really talking to us. Number two, do not fear something new. Don't fear the, the new thing that God might want to do in you because God is about to do something new in Samuel that he's never experienced before. And so let's read it and look at it. In verse 6, then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Are you going crazy? No, he doesn't say that. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called him a third time, and once more he went to Samuel. He got up and went to Eli. 
And here I am. Did you call me? The Lord speaks to us in different ways. Samuel is having quite a night. Would you agree? He just gets back to sleep or almost asleep. And boom, he hears this voice. And all of a sudden, this is new. I don't know what's going on. This is not a normal night. I'm hearing this voice. God is not afraid to speak to you in a new way, maybe that he never has before. Be open to that with your life. How does God speak to us? What are some of the methods? If I said, tell me, tell me a way or two ways that God has spoken to you before in your life. How many of you it would include another person? It would for me. Where God reveals something or, or someone says, have you thought about this? Or I was praying for you and I just want you to know I'm, I'm with you in this. Uh, sometimes it's a book. Sometimes I'm, it's the Bible. And the word of God just really convicts me of something in my heart. And I go, wow, this is it's important that I get this right, or it's another good leadership book. And, and God uses it to say, Jerry, this is something I, I want this trait to, to be more in, in your life than it is. And here's how you can get a plan to do that. And so it's the growth part. Sometimes it's a song, you know, singing, singing even today. These songs that we sing, how, how is it that these songs can bring life to us and sometimes inspire us? Or a situation. How many of you have heard the voice of God because you ended up in a situation that you really didn't choose? It's like, okay, God, please help me out here because I don't know where I'm going with this one. And you need help. But all these things are happening to Samuel. He doesn't get it. He's confused. Number three in your outline, let others help you. Oh, my goodness, this is so important right here. Eli is about to come to Samuel's side and explain to him what is really going on. Eli knew the voice of God. And he figured out what was going on. It says it in verse 8, the last part of verse 8. Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. I can just imagine as a kid, that was me. I would, and I'd go back to bed and I'd lay there like, <laughs> right? I'd be like, you know, getting ready, I'd be practicing. Yes, Lord, speak, Lord. I'm your servant. Speak, Lord. <laughs> then I would probably start hearing voices all night long. <laughs> I don't know. But Eli gave Samuel really good counsel. And I'm telling you, when you don't know what to say to someone who's going through a need or a problem, just stop and pause and pray over them. And pray this, Lord, would you reveal your voice and your will to my friend. Speak to them. Speak to their heart. They're seeking you. They need to hear from you because sometimes we don't have the right answer and that, and we have to accept the responsibility of hearing God's voice. Well, the fourth thing is this. Some messages are really difficult to hear. You know, sometimes the voice of God comes as a correction in our life. It comes in love, but What's about to happen is that Eli is about to be in trouble and God is going to reveal to Samuel the problem. And then Samuel's going to have to tell Eli, who is his mentor. I mean, he's like a dad to this guy. Can you imagine God telling Samuel this horrible thing that he's going to do to Eli's family and his sons? And Samuel has to explain it. Look at it, verse 10. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak. Your servant is listening, just like Eli said. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. 
I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned them that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. He's never corrected them. He's never talked to them about this. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings, which was the standard way to seek forgiveness before Jesus came to the earth. Samuel stayed in bed until morning. Then he got up. He opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord said to him. Well, of course he would be. But Eli called out to him and said, Samuel, my son. Here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Now listen carefully to this next line. Tell me everything, Samuel, and may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. Wow, what's going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. Eli knew, Eli knew that he had made some big mistakes. And he had a feeling, I believe, that Samuel had a word from the Lord for him and his family. And he knew that if he didn't press Samuel really hard, Samuel wouldn't want to tell him the bad news. And this is a tough part of the story because Samuel has to step out and he's got to, as a boy, he's got to say, look, you know, this isn't me. This is just what the voice said to me. And it's not good news. And so he tells Eli, and I just want to say, sometimes walking in truth and walking with the voice of God means that I am absolutely going to commit myself and I am absolutely going to be willing to walk in the truth. It doesn't mean I become mean to people, but it means with, especially our own kids. Parents, love your kids enough to, to find ways to correct them gently. Not just to make them mad, but to speak truth to them, to speak life into them. We need to pray for our, our families here at Timberline that are raising kids. You know, with everything happening, going back into school and all the stuff we're doing next weekend, I just, let's be a church that prays for our kids because they really need us. Amen? They need our prayers. And parents, we're with you. Dads, be involved. Eli wasn't involved in his son's life. And, and I just think it's so sad how we get so busy doing stuff. Mom, dad, be involved in your kids. Speak into their life. It's a team effort. Number five, and lastly, in the program part. Blessing comes through obedience. And sometimes it's even a message that we wouldn't choose to give, but God gives his blessing because we've been truthful, we've been honest, and we didn't withhold that truth. Verse 18. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold back anything. And then look at what Eli says. If it's the Lord's will... Let him do whatever he thinks is best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him. Everything Samuel said proved to be reliable, talking about being a prophet. And all Israel, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. Wow. Samuel learned as a boy that moment that speaking the truth would be very important regardless of how difficult it would become. Now, what I want to do in our time remaining is I want you to, if you, if you have room in your, in, your, in your outline at the bottom, to sort of make three columns. Because the first column, I, I, want, I want the voices that we want to ignore. 
There are many voices in our world that I don't want you to listen to. I've been praying this week that you would have real grit right now and a tenacious appetite to say, I'm going I'm to control some of the voices that are trying to get in my head. You have an enemy that hates you. And, and, and I, could, I, could, I, could try, I could make this pretty dramatic with some illustrations of how much he hates you. But I, you just need to know you really do have an enemy. And the biggest way he tries to defeat us and shut us up and keep us, quote, in our place is through certain voices that he tries to put in our head. And you know why? It's effective. We, we listen to those voices. The first one is the voice of insecurity. The voice of insecurity is one of the biggest downer voices in our culture today, and it will take your future away from you. Young people especially. I'm telling you, self-confidence with social media, someone slams you, says something, this is, it impacts our kids. It impacts us as adults. You know, how many of you now are kind of old enough in your stage of life you really don't give a rip what other people think about you? You know, that's kind of a nice place to be in your life. But, you know, that takes a long time to get there because you, you've learned that it doesn't matter anyway. Those people aren't going to be with you in the thick and thin. And so when insecurity comes, all of a sudden the enemy is saying you are worthless you don't fit in anyway. You're ugly. You're stupid. You're too skinny. You're too fat. You're too tall. You're too short. You're this. You're that. There's this accusing. And it's a voice in your head that is hard to push away. And it creates more insecurity. These are the kinds of things that sometimes happens even to the tone of bullying. You can have voices in your head that are bullying you toward insecurity. This kind of stuff has caused people to get so hopeless that they take their own life. Just because they can't deal with saying no to this voice. And I want to tell you today, get rid of that voice. Ignore that voice. Another big voice that I hope you will never, ever let win is fear. Some of you right now, God's put a dream in your heart. And I'm telling you, fear will keep you from reaching your dream. And Satan is there trying to just make you so afraid that you won't step out. You will be paralyzed. You won't do it. Now, you need wisdom, godly counsel. I was talking with someone a few weeks ago. and They were thinking of quitting their job, starting their own business. And we were navigating carefully. There's a fine line between rushing out and being foolish and not being responsible financially for your family. But there is something about stepping out in faith and not letting fear win. I want to grow to the end of my life, and I want to be able to say, I tried a bunch of stuff that I wanted to try. Not everything worked, but I'd never let fear keep me from trying. What is the thing that I've said to you for years and years as a church? And we, we say this all the time in our, in our leadership team meetings. Look, as Timberline, let's try this. If it doesn't work, we'll go back to what wasn't working before right? That's just how it is. We're going to try it. We're not going to let fear keep us from at least stepping out. Peter gets out of the boat. He walks on the water. He becomes afraid. He starts to sink, but he's the only guy I know of who's walked on the water besides Jesus. Because even though fear gripped him, he still got out of the boat. He still tried. Don't let fear win. Ignore that voice. Bitterness. Man, I'm telling you, this one eats Christians big time. 
This voice gets a hold in you and it sucks the life right out of you. You will lose all appreciation for all the good things that God has done in your life simply because you let a seed of bitterness get a hold of you and all of a sudden it eats you every day. Let's just face it. How many of you have ever had a tiff or a problem with another person on the earth? And you know, maybe it wasn't your fault. Maybe they were mean to you. What they did was wrong and they've never apologized and, and you don't really like them anymore and, and blah, 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 blah. And, true, and it's true. You, you go on and you live. And that, that seed that starts out as just hurt or pain, it starts to fester. It starts to grow. And then these weeds start growing inside of you. And it's like this bitterness seed comes in and all of a sudden um, I'm angry at a lot of different people. I'm angry at everybody that likes them. I'm angry at their friends now because, because they don't understand how much that person hurt me. It goes on and on and it destroys you. Listen, leave that to God. This voice, you need to ignore this voice. You need to control it and say, look, I am not going to live. We taught our kids growing up, we said, look, you're going to have relationship issues in your life. Just make sure that you keep your end of the stick clean. If you blow it, say you're sorry and move on. If they decide to hold a grudge, that's on them. You, you can't always fix all of these relationship issues. That's not our job. Our job is to never let bitterness win. Envy. Envy is envy's another thing that absolutely gets a hold of us and it takes away your joy. It's always looking at what others have that you don't have. And you know what it'll do? It'll cause you to never see what God has blessed you with. Look at what you've been given. Look at what is already in your hand. I know, but I wish I had that. I wish I was them. I wish I had their job. I wish I had their, on and on and on. Stop. Embrace your life. Embrace who you are and say to God, thank you for what you have put in my hand. It is enough. And I trust you. And God has trusted us with so much. The last one under this list, i got to keep moving here, is prejudice. Whoops, that's a U, isn't it? It's hard to write on the board. Is it U-D? U-D-I-C-E. Prejudice. If you think prejudice is over in this country, you've got your head in the sand. We are in an all-out war right now in our nation. And some days I think it's getting worse. All because we don't understand God created every human being equal in value. And we have got to embrace that. Guys, we're the people who, who, who have to lead the way. We're the people who have to absolutely resist and get those thoughts, get that voice out of our brain. Whenever that voice tries to come in, um, for, for any social issue, for anything you deal with in your life, stereotyping, all of this stuff, you need to say, God, please help me to be pure in my thinking. I don't want that voice in my brain. Okay, here's what I want to do now. These are some voices to ignore. How about some voices that we want to listen to? And I, I promise this is the biggest list, okay? I just have a few things under this one, okay? What are, some, what are some voices that you say, I really want to listen to these voices? And there are many more than the words that I'm putting up, so make your own list. But the first one that I put up, and these are not in priority really, but would just be the voice of reason. 
Come, let us reason together. What does it mean? It means, it means that sometimes I've had moments with people that when I just wanted to just put my hands on their head and say, listen for a minute. You are so upset. You're about to do something really bad. Can you just pay attention? This is not a good idea. This is not a good decision. And we have to constantly, when those voices come into our head about, think about this, pay attention. Do you really want to write that email? Do you really want to write on that wall? Do you really want to defriend that person? Do you really want to be mean? Do you really want to take a shot right now? The voice of reason says, step back, take some time, pay attention. What does God want you to do? What's the voice that God wants you to do? And that voice of reason is very, very important, and God will help you. This voice, the voice of forgiveness, is just huge. It's a little bit um, like the bitterness on the other end, but I always want to listen to the voice of forgiveness. And, and I've said this before, but I want to say it again because it's important. Forgiving someone doesn't always mean that you're going to be reconciled to them. There are, there are people that you can forgive that you'll never talk to again, that you don't even want to be their friend. You've lost respect for them. That's okay. But I still know for my moving forward, God has to make me clean. And God wants my heart to be pure. And I don't want to be you know, seeking vengeance on somebody. Sometimes we say, well, turn it over to God, and we turn it over to God like, okay, God, they're all yours now. Go get them. Take them out. They deserve it. I'm not bothered by it anymore, so go get them. And we want God to do what we would do, and that's not really forgiveness. Forgiveness is the ability to say, I am no longer going to walk in that pain, and I am no longer going to let that person have this leverage and control over my life. I'm going to trust God to move beyond this incident in my life. Two more. Accountability. If you don't have good, strong accountability in your life, I'm telling you, um, you're, you're not going to finish this race. I am so thankful for the voices of accountability in my life who were not afraid to tackle me. I tell our team, I've told them this for years, our, our pastoral team especially and our deacon team, listen, if you, if you see me running the wrong way with the ball and you don't tackle me, I'm going to get up really mad at you because <laughs> I don't always know which way I'm running. I think I'm running the right way, but sometimes we make bad decisions. Sometimes we need accountability when we need to embrace those voices that say, hey, have you thought about that really? Pay attention to that. And then the last one is hope. Never, ever, ever ignore the voice of hope. This is God showing up in your life and saying, I have a plan and I have a way out for you. The last thing we're going to do before we pray, what is the voice you want to be? I, I, I switched to yellow, did you notice? Because it's sunshiny. What is the voice you want to be? And there are so many things. And I want you to examine your leadership right now. I want you to examine your life, your family, the people you work with. What would they say your voice is? Oh, yeah, and they say your name. You know, they're always saying what? Is your voice a voice worth listening to? So be the voice. I just have three things real fast. Be the voice of affirmation. 
we don't get enough affirmation in our lives. And if we would learn how to affirm our kids, affirm people we work with, in honesty. I don't mean just baloney. I mean in honesty. We find some things someone's doing right and we compliment them. We thank them. I love the story I heard at Global Leadership Summit these last few days. Um, uh, one of the speakers said that there was a lady taking her two boys, her little boys, on a walk. And someone said, how old are your boys? And she said, oh, the doctor is three and the attorney is four. <laughs> she has high hopes. She is believing in, she's affirming. And if we treat people with love and affirmation and we believe in them, see, God believes in you. He sees your potential that you don't even know you have. That's why he did everything possible for you. And then I put one more here's truth. Mention that one, but be the voice of truth with love. The voice of truth with love. And the final thing is care. Man, if you could be the voice of care in our world. Now, there are many other voices I hope you'll write down to say, I always want to be the voice of this. But care is that empathy. It's taking the time to look someone in the eye and say, are you okay? I'm sensing something isn't quite right. How can I help? How can I pray for you? We sometimes end up being the people who care for the very people who really don't care about anything. And they're not nice about it. But still there's a mantle on us to care for people like this and to trust God. Now here's what I want to do just in these few moments. I want us to pray and I want us to ask God to show us the voices that we really do listen to and to help us navigate through this. Would you just join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, this is a very significant moment that we run to the right voice. Samuel, no doubt, he heard your voice, but he didn't know it was your voice. And so often we make that mistake and we, we go and we seek after all these other voices that will try to make us feel good. But we want your voice today. And we pause. And we ask you to help us to plow through this, even now. With heads bowed in here, I know this is personal and traditions as well. Um, how many of you would, would be vulnerable enough to just slip up a hand to God? And I'm not going to say which voices, but you know that your enemy is, is doing a good job of getting you to listen to some wrong voices. How many of you just know that in your heart? Just slip up a hand. I just want to pray over you. Thank you. We love you. We call this our living room. It's where we talk about real life. Lord, I pray over this family. I pray over our brothers and sisters right now. This matters. This really matters. This moment could be life-changing. We resist and we will choose to push back those voices of our enemy. The evil one seeks to destroy us, to kill us, to accuse us. But we're going to acknowledge it and we're going to fight that and we're going to push that voice out of our mind and we're going to trust you and we're going to listen to the right voices that you are calling us forward with, not pressing us down with. Lord, I pray that your voice would be heard today. I pray that right now your voice would bring comfort to the brokenhearted, would bring resilience to someone who's about to give up. I pray that your voice would go deep 
Lord, I also pray that if there's someone under the sound of my voice right now, online or in these rooms, that absolutely is separated from you, that your voice would penetrate through their heart and that they could make a decision to say, I trust you, Lord. I give you my life. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for forgiving us and cleansing us and giving us strength to hear the right voice of God. We give all this to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. 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 Love you guys.